Welcome to The Golden Shadow. My name is R.N. Rogerson. And I'm Melissa Polizzi. Today's topic is nightmares and stress dreams. We've covered dreams a lot on this podcast. There's always three episodes you could go back and listen mm-hmm. to. We're taking a different spin on dreams this time, talking about the sort of darker, more painful, difficult aspect of dreams. Sometimes that means stress dreams, very common for most people to have stress dreams. But where do they come from? Why do we have them? What's the utility of having a stress dream? Why can't dreams just be happy all the time and fun and magical fantasies? Um, Even more on the sort of painful spectrum or dangerous spectrum is nightmares. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the difference between stress dreams and nightmares? Um, why do we have nightmares? The kind of thing that wakes you up in a cold sweat. What is that? What's the point? What's the psyche trying to achieve by doing it? What's the process that we are undergoing when we have a nightmare? So Alyssa starts off with some opening thoughts. I think dreams are a good representation in many ways of like the full spectrum of the psychic experience, right? Like as you said, why can't it all be nice and fantastical and fun? And probably for a lot of people, actually, the vast majority of their dreams are pretty either neutral to kind of fun or sort of nonsensical seeming. I actually wonder what, if you were to take like a survey of, you know, the general population, whatever mm-hmm. that, whatever that means, um, would people say that d- their dreams are generally positive, mm. like fun, feel right. good, beautiful? Yeah. Because I would imagine most people's dreams are just kind of neutral. Neutral, yeah. They're sort of like they can be kind of interesting or, they or kind of strange. Just like weird, like. Um, or it can be like, huh, that's like, what does that mean yeah. exactly? Sort of confusing. Mm-hmm. But how often do people actually really have, you know, beautiful dreams? That's like a, a different topic, I guess, is the opposite direction mm. of like, wow, what a great dream. <laughs> Why does that happen? I want to go back to sleep. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think in some ways people probably, I don't know what the average would be. I'm not going to guess. But more so what comes up for me is that there are probably times in your life where you experience acute stress dreams and Mm. nightmares for a period of time where the intensity or the frequency has increased. And that certainly calls into question what's going on in the internal system, what's happening externally. Stress dreams and nightmares to me are indications of more difficult, hard to deal with, unprocessed inner psychic material, outer mm, stressful events, you might say, that are affecting you in this deeply embodied way and in a deeply psychological way as well and so you might be in a period of time that's more acutely stressful maybe something's coming up for you that's like really deeply buried painful wounded stuff and nightmares might be coming up um but yeah i think it's it's ultimately the indication as dreams really are of the inner workings of the of the psyche so let's go over some common stereotypical stress dreams Mm. so everyone has stress dreams yeah if you haven't had a stress dream you're You're a weirdo you're lucky (laughs) maybe you're like a prince or something and you've never had a stressful experience in your life but it's pretty unlikely um you haven't experienced a stress dream and stress dreams 
regularly. I think most people experience them regularly. Mm-hmm. So common stress dreams, um, for instance, like naked in public, that's like a stereotype. Yeah, especially right? like all of a sudden I'm naked. Yeah. <laughs> um, losing something that's important to you. You yeah. can't find something that you really need. Um, you're late for things mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm late for work or yeah. I'm late for class. Or, yeah. Um, and these dreams are usually... They're usually not frightening. It's not really the right yeah. way to put it. Like they're not terrifying. Like waking up, not sorry, not waking up, but like uh, you know, I have a test to take today and I didn't study. Is that scary or is it more just kind of stressful? Mm. Right? What's mm-hmm. the difference, really? Um, but these are common stress dreams. So um, if we get into personal examples of stress yeah. dreams, for instance, <laughs> there's ones that everyone probably regularly has. A return to some sort of scene or environment that was once stressful in your life. Mm. It's pretty common. Yeah. Um, so for me personally, for instance, um, I have a lot of stress dreams about school. Mm. I think this is very common for most people who have certainly, you know, gone to school through high school, gone to college, definitely just this kind of long, ongoing experience of participating in some kind of system where you have to pay attention and learn and do homework and then be tested on those things and the stakes are pretty high and if you don't do well something bad's going to happen to you like you're going to fail or be held back or you won't get into school you won't get in college you won't get a good job so it's clear that school is kind of universally stressful for people Mm. which is kind of sad to think about honestly like how much trauma comes from just like this pressure of having to go to school as a child. Mm. Um, but that's really common for me is the school environment. Another uh, common environment that's stressful for me is the restaurant environment. <laughs> I know that's true for you too, yeah. Alyssa. Um, but uh, some that are kind of like more humorous, I think, but still very stressful. One that I have all the time is that I cannot find a toilet. <laughs> and I have to I have to pee really bad and. <laughs> Usually, I think this is linked to a physical sensation of actually having to pee. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty much always, I think. And so, for instance, like, uh, there was one dream I had one time that I thought was, like, particularly humorous, where I was kind of, like, in a labyrinth, like, in some strange maze that was kind mm-hmm. of, like, dreamlike or out of, like, an Escher drawing or something like that. And I'm, like, running around trying to find a toilet somewhere and, like, <laughs> opening doors and, like, there's no toilet. And yeah. it's like, oh, God, I got to pee so bad. And you know, there's there's no thought of like oh well just just go pee in the corner right there, yeah. Um, yeah. and that's like a really common dream that I have is like I cannot find a toilet, and that's interesting because it's like sort of like probably like a physiological response. Right. I kind of want to expand on this for a moment sure. because yeah. as much as we can kind of tap into like the symbolic and emotional aspects of stress that are coming into the dreamscape, mm-hmm. there's this dynamic connection to like what's happening on a physiological level with the body and how that emerges imagistically during dreams. For me, one time I was, I don't know, I was like walking and then all of a sudden I get like attacked by this animal. This is a dream Mm -hmm. and it's biting my hand and I can feel all this pressure on my wrist. And then I woke up and I was actually sleeping on my wrist weird. Like I didn't really actually hurt it, but I could feel all this tension and it was kind of stuck in this really uncomfortable position. So with your toilet dream, Mm -hmm. when you wake up, you notice that you like really have to go to the bathroom. Yep. Yeah. Or I wake up and I already did. <laughs> Just kidding. That's only happened <laughs> once. Um, 
anyways, uh, other examples uh, for me personally are like I'm on stage and I'm ready to perform with my mm. bandmates. Yeah. I played in bands for a long time when I was younger. Um, and either the rest of the band doesn't know the song. Yeah. Or it's like, okay, it's time to perform in front of this huge crowd. And it's right. like, oh, wait, like we have no idea what we're doing. And like the crowd is just like, um, stuff like that. Um, and again, the restaurant. So I, I used to work as a bartender. Um, and I have dreams where I'm in the bar and I'm either swamped with customers who are like ordering drinks and like, I either can't get to all of them or I'm fumbling around with all the bar equipment trying to make drinks and it's mm. all spilling everywhere. Um, or we're just out of everything. Like, Oh, we've run out of lime juice. We've run out of whiskey. Like all these cocktails are being ordered. Like I can't make any of them, yeah. um, stuff like that. So it's playing upon real experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. often with stress dreams um real environments from the past um a way that you've been conditioned perhaps to anticipate a certain kind of situation um that might be upcoming like maybe you'll have to take a test soon Aaron, or maybe you'll have to play a song mm. on stage soon or maybe yeah. you'll have to uh you know handle these customers at the bar like there's something being projected outward um, that's from the past and maybe we can kind of go over some of your examples. Yeah. Well, I think just to inject like a moment of reflection for those listening is how revealing it is about what continuously comes up for stress dreams. As you mentioned with your examples here, often what I find both with myself and other people is that it's there's a, quite a commonality with the stress dreams that there's always a particular image or a symbol or an environment that's being brought back again back again back again and so what does that say for you that like the band was this time of stress and not even that the dream is like always like going back to that actual era of your life, but what was it at that time that brought up stress now? What what can you tie back to it that reflects on what your relationship is to things that are disturbing you or upsetting you? Um, and sometimes it's hard with certain dreams that um, repeat a lot because it's not very obvious. Like for me, also having been in bands for many, many years, for some reason that doesn't sit in my psyche as stressful. I have never had a band stress dream. Mm -hmm. Not to say playing in bands was like never, ever stressful, but I just never have them. But I do have the restaurant dreams. I worked at a restaurant out of high school all throughout college. It's a great gig to have when you're a young person. But my God, what an intense pressure cooker of an environment <laughs> to be in so that to this day, I am still, when I think when my life feels out of order, when things feel chaotic, stress dream, I'm in the restaurant. I cannot get to tables in time. Uh, there's too many orders. I can't run the food. There's nobody there to help me. Customers are fighting. The managers are fighting. There's something about that intensity. And when I think back to my time in the restaurant as positive as it was sometimes it was also like extremely overwhelming so it's become this incredibly potent psychic symbol for me um another pretty often uh, dream motif that i have is teeth falling out yeah. i think this one actually like walks the line between being quite nightmarish 
and sort of typical stress dream. I wouldn't really call them nightmares, but they're horrific. And I think part of what seems to really define nightmares is that like deep embodied sense of like terror or fear. Uh, they're like, there's, there, there's really powerful affect that's happening during nightmares. And I've woken up from some of these teeth dreams with just a real sense of major disorientation and, and like needing to touch my mouth and make sure my teeth are still there. They're really scary. Um, but an interesting pattern that I've noticed with my teeth dreams, and I looked back in my dream journal, I've been noting, noticing this now for a year that I look back is that I'm looking for a dentist. So it's not just that my teeth are falling out. There is a sense of like, I need to call the dentist. I'm trying to get to the dentist's office or in my, my most recent dream, which is like a week ago, my teeth were falling out and I was like pulling them out of my mouth. It was really gross and scary. But then I had this sense, you know what? I can call the dentist and it's going to be okay. And I felt really calm. So there's interesting dynamics playing upon the stress dream and what's typical for you, what happens, and especially the emotions that are present are going to be really telling of how to work with it and how to interpret it. Yeah. So what's the reason this is happening? That's, that's kind of, you know, the question of, you know, there's the question of like, what are dreams in the first place mm-hmm. and why do they happen? Yeah. You know, what's, what purpose do they serve or what's the process that's happening inside of you that leads to a dream? Um, and again, we have a, a dreams episode you can go look up where we talk about this. Um, but in short, um, the way that I find useful to think about dreams is that they are essentially projections that are happening in a vacuum. So we also have a projection episode. You can listen to that. But um, uh, this may sound kind of strange and extreme, but uh, reality as we know it is experiential the thing that we are experiencing right now as quote unquote reality is one gigantic projection. It's a collection of projections, everything, all the objects we see, all the people that we're interacting with, everything that's, that's happening to us. We are in some sense, um, projecting internal contents onto the world, um, in order to make sense of it. And so dreams are that, that projective faculty is happening in a vacuum, meaning there's no external information, no external data on which to ground your projections. So instead, they're just happening sort of in in space. So because of that, a lot of what you're dreaming is essentially material that's inside of you or in the unconscious, however you want to think of it. Um, it's material that is being projected outwardly and forming objects forming scenes, forming certain situations, forming certain kind of emotional reactions to things, but they're happening in a vacuum. So if you're having a dream that's a stress dream, for instance, there is some part of your body that is entertaining what could happen, Hmm. maybe, or how to deal with something in your life that's stressful. So even if you have a stress dream about being in a restaurant and having too many customers, um, that might just be one way in which your body is projecting a stress response to your current situation, which might be that like maybe you have children and that's really stressing you out because Mm. you are not sleeping enough and you're trying to keep track of them. And so it's important to really think about 
distressed dreams, any dreams for that matter, is being sort of um, not necessarily literal, not necessarily commenting very specifically on the specific things that are in the dream. For instance, if you dream about a certain person, it's important to not to say, well, it's, the dream is clearly a commentary on that person. It's like, well, be careful with that. It might just be that that person in the dream is kind of a projection of some symbolic representation of uh, someone you can't trust, let's mm-hmm. say. Or it's, um, you know, some of your sexual libido is being projected into some some woman in the dream. And it's not necessarily that the person in the dream is someone that you should go explore sex with. It might just be that, like, they're just a sort of container for sexual libido. And so you have to really get into, like, what is your own personal projective mythology, essentially, or what is your own personal ontology? I know that's, like, a big word, but um, everyone has, like, their own sort of set of unconscious contents that need to be projected into certain containers. Right. And that's what we're doing when we're awake. It seems strange. We're like, that's what we're doing when we're, when we're awake is we're projecting things onto the items and objects around us to mm-hmm. make sense of them. But in the dream, we're doing the same thing. Um, anyways, that was sort of a long-winded sort of explanation. But give me some of your commentary. I think the important thing to pull out of that is the dynamics of the projective container and mm-hmm. how dream images are really offering us an insight into these inner dynamics, unconscious aspects via symbolic images. And if we first and foremost take an approach that our dreams are reflecting aspects of ourself, which in classical Jungian terms is called the like subjective interpretation, everything is a representation of me. Then when you dream about, you know, your boss and it's a stressful dream, maybe it's not necessarily reflective that there's a dynamic happening out in the world right now where you and your boss aren't getting along, but rather maybe that there is a challenging inner aspect represented by authority that you are in a contentious relationship with and that needs to be viewed. But that stress that you feel, the emotionality and the dream and the interactions you have with that projective figure lead you to deeper insight by when you go through the interpretive process, you get to examine what exactly is happening in the dream. You know, are you fighting the boss? Is the boss yelling at you? Do you feel like you need to stand up for yourself? Do you feel fear in the dream? Do you feel a sense of oppression in the dream? All of that speaks to these inner dynamics where something needs to be addressed. And often I think when we when we start getting into that stressful territory, we're in an area of challenge. We're in an area of growth. Maybe we're in an actual stressful environment, but aspects are then kind of boiling up to the surface that maybe might be helpful. Maybe you're so dissociated from your own sense of personal authority that an authority figure in the dream just feels really threatening maybe it's like an invitation to an integration of that, right? So dealing with stress dreams, as frustrating as they might be, they really are that kind of call for you to look deeper into what 
is frustrating you right now? Like, where do you need to grab something maybe by the horns and just face it? Because when we get into stress dreams, we're starting to dance a bit in shadow. And when we're dealing with that, we're dealing with parts of ourselves that we don't truly own yet, that we, we don't identify with. And there can be some really positive dynamics pulled from a stress dream that speak to sort of potential next steps for your own growth. Right. So the, the idea that stress dreams are, or, or can be interactions with shadow material, I think mm. it's true. And that was, that was the next point I was going to make is that, um, the, a stress dream is indicative of the psyche, um, engaging in some kind of struggle mm. or some kind of tension. Yeah. Um, and maybe, again, because it's projective, it could be that you, the psyche is being hypervigilant against mm. something. Maybe there's like a very literal, obvious stress in your life. For instance, like you have a bunch of kids and they're stressing you out. But there could be a sort of more um, subtle kind of hidden struggle mm. or stress going on in your life. Like for instance, maybe someone that you really trust made a comment about your character and that comment is actually touching upon some really shadowy things that are going on in your life. For instance, mm. like, you know, maybe they made a comment that, um, you don't actually take good care of your friends or something like that. That'd be a pretty, pretty on the nose comment, but that might touch upon like some really deep insecurities. And even if you kind of brush off the comment, it's like, Oh, that didn't mean anything to me it might actually be touching upon something that is like threatening to the ego, the ego that thinks, no, right. I'm a good person. I take care of everyone. I, I'm, I love everyone. I'm, I'm so self-sacrificial. And so I'm just so close, quick to like help everyone I know. Like, you know, you might just like believe that you're a good person, but deep down you actually have this like underlying fear that you're not actually a good person at all. Mm. And so if you're confronted with some sort of evidence for example, that you are actually, in fact, a bad person, whatever that might be, the ego might be sort of like under attack. Yeah. The, the story of self might be under attack. The story that I'm a good person might be under attack by some little truth bomb. And so a stress dream could represent the psyche trying to process that. Mm. Maybe it's trying to keep something suppressed and that's manifesting in the mm. form of stress for yeah. the psyche. Or maybe it's actually engaging in a positive, productive way yeah. where it's integrating mm, mm -hmm. some sort of threat. And by integrating, it kind of actually processes the threat yeah. and reestablishes some sort of harmony. So a stress stream in itself could actually be evidence of something productive that's happening inside right, of you. like metabolizing. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of a post that I did on Substack a little while ago it's called Gazing in a Reflective Shield. And it's about these explorations of my own inner work around dynamics of the feminine and some of my own history. And I talk about a dream in the restaurant where I'm taking an order and suddenly these two female managers in the middle of the floor on a busy shift start fighting. And I'm horrified as it's happening and they're screaming at each other and I'm really freaked out. I like pull the women off the floor and I go to like the general manager and I'm like, you need to do something about this. And then the general manager is like really like apathetic and just kind of like doesn't really respond. And when I woke from that dream, there was so much stress to it that I could feel. And 
as I kind of dug deeper into it, I started looking at each of those sort of like projective containers, each of those figures, managers who should be responsible, taking care of things are entangled, right? Like there's some parts of myself that are fighting each other. And there's sort of an attempt by the dream ego, the I and the dream to try to address it, but I don't feel like I have the resources. Something I feel I should rely upon, like the highest manager, the general, isn't helping out. And in some ways, as I've reflected on it and read the post for more insight, you know, I think in part I'm seeing a struggle that's happening presently, like being reflected in my dream. I think I'm seeing parts of myself trying to address it and like metabolize some of that darkness. Like part of me is, has a volition to even address it, right? I don't just run away. And yet I still feel at a loss for how to handle it. So you're seeing all of these varying viewpoints in the stress dream from how maybe the most conscious ego point of view is handling it to the inner parts that are kind of like in a power struggle. And some of it I think speaks to addressing and integration and other parts speak to like a lot of work that still needs to be done in this area. Stress dream could also be, um, you might say a commentary on something that's lacking mm, in your life. Yeah. Totally. Might not be as obvious as like, well, clearly my job is stressful. Clearly my kids are stressful. Um, it might not be that like the psyche is like under threat from some sort of realization that it doesn't want to come to. There could also be the notion that your body, the unconscious, you might say, knows that you need something. Mm. There's, it, it's saying like, this is lacking in your life. Your life is out of balance. There, yeah. There's there's a void where this thing should be. Yeah. And maybe that's a romantic partner. Maybe it's like a new romantic partner. Maybe it's a, a, a different kind of friendship or community. Maybe it's a different kind of job. Maybe it's living somewhere that's more fulfilling or more in, more in touch with your values, et cetera. But if, um, for instance, your job was deeply unsatisfying but in the waking world, you didn't actually feel conscious of that. You weren't registering that for whatever reason. Maybe your narrative is like, well, I have I have a responsibility to make this money right now um, to raise my family. Or maybe I have a responsibility to keep this job right now because this is a um, prestigious job that looks good. There's all kinds of stories you may be telling yourself to sort of maintain like the coherent narrative that like I'm in the right place. I'm on the right track while under the surface in the unconscious, there's actually something deeply lacking. Maybe your job actually doesn't feel very meaningful at all. Mm. Maybe it's not very fulfilling. Maybe you feel like you're just totally crushing your soul when you go to work, but you don't realize that you're not in touch with that. And so a stress dream where, um, you know, perhaps there's some sort of conflict going on in the dream, or maybe you, uh, you can't find something that you need, for instance. Um, I don't think I'm, doing some self-interpretation here, but you know, maybe if uh, you're having dreams where you, you can't find the toilet, maybe the dream is that like you're actually searching for some way to, um, unload some kind of shadowy burden mm -hmm. and you just, and you're searching and searching and you can't find it and you can't find it. Yeah. Um, maybe the unconscious is saying like, unburden me, <laughs> unburden me. There's something here that it's you like, need to process. It's like poop dreams too. Poop dreams. Um, poop dreams. Don't, ha don't have many of those, honestly, <laughs> but Poop dreams in the sense of um, like there's pipes that are going to burst or like mm. a toilet that's overflowing. Yeah. When you get into this, like the excrement, these like very typical uh, symbols for shadow material and it's not being addressed and you start seeing these 
dreams coming forward where it's like something needs to be let go of or something needs to be addressed or it's going to burst at the seams or something's built been built up over time, that's where you start to see, at least in a more stereotypical common way, that kind of compensatory image where something that is not being addressed and that needs to be brought forth is coming through the dream in this kind of strange, nonsensical way. But if you allow yourself to kind of put on your symbolic glasses and view it through this lens of the image speaking to something really deep inside of you that needs to be processed, which I think is why like poop and pee dreams are so common because it's like this very natural biological process that all of us have that keeps the system healthy. So it's a really interesting dream symbol to come forward for like psychological cleansing that needs to happen. And when you're not doing it, you might start to see that image come forward in the dream. So another example, let's, let's say you have a stress dream where your teeth are falling out and, you know, it might not be clear, like what, what is that about exactly? Mm -hmm. And, you know, let's say you interpret this sort of typically, which is that the, the mouth is representative of, um, our ability to engage with the world and change the world. Um, because the mouth is sort of like the word it's, um, the logos, it's a language, which is sort of like a primary way, primary way in which consciousness actually in, interacts with reality. Mm. It's through language. So let's say that's what's happening. You have a, you have a stress dream, your teeth are falling out. Um, it could be that some part of you that's repressed, some part of you that's not actually in uh, ego consciousness, It's not. there's no awareness there. Some part of you is actually afraid that it's losing its ability to mm. engage in the world or it's mm -hmm. losing its voice yeah like some part of you um maybe that's working too hard in the office is afraid that it's losing its ability to engage creatively in the world yeah and so there's a lack there you're having a stress dream about your teeth falling out because you're actually not engaging creatively enough in your own passion you're not exploring your need to exp exploring your need to explore that's what i was about to say um, but for instance, if you've let go of some passion of yours, maybe it was music or painting, or maybe it was just getting out and hiking or going to shows, whatever. And a, a dream about your teeth falling out could be pointing towards something that is calling you. And that's like not very intuitive, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are having stress dreams, it's important to kind of try to examine what the dream is maybe playing upon and like it might be hypervigilance of the psyche essentially saying like you're in a really stressful situation so like i'm like uh, automatically mentally preparing for tomorrow which is going to be stressful mm. like that could be one thing like more kind of like literal interpretation of like my life is stressful that's why i had a stress dream but it could also be something that like you're lacking um something that you need to, go, need to go find or explore that you're not in touch with um maybe your romantic relationship actually isn't really satisfying your needs and you're not actually in touch with that and you need to examine that and that's why you're having stress dreams um or it could be like we said like that the your story your your narrative of self your ego however you want to phrase it is like under attack aspect of your psyche is like under attack mm. from possibly a different aspect of your psyche mm. which is trying to resolve some kind of tension yeah. yeah and so the the best way to to 
approach these things is to kind of, again, try, try to develop a, a, an inner ontology, essentially, or a kind of a, a catalog of what symbols must mean about your life, what certain people in the dreams must mean about your, about your life, um, what certain environments, like, for instance, like the classroom mm-hmm. in the dream, like what could that possibly be referring to um, in a more kind of phenomenological, um, mythological way in your life. And overall, the, the stress dreams are just sort of representations of tension Yeah, in the most broad sense, I guess you could say. You're touching on some points from the original dream episodes, why it is so important to build out your own symbol dictionary, you might say. Like keep your own journal of what images come up and how you relate to them. And of course, keep keep yourself open to common meanings of images, the archetypal meanings, how these things arise mythologically, how you see them in pop culture. All of that has a place, but ultimately the dream reveals itself through the dreamer. And so when I have a teeth dream, there's something that's being communicated and I'm likely to find personal associations to that by one, tracking it and two, exploring what it means to me. And it will be more powerful rather than just trying to find a generalized meaning, especially with teeth dreams, by the way, like these seem to like kind of really scour the landscape of potential meaning. It's, it's quite interesting. Um, but you will see that your dreams are often communicating something rather, um, how do I say this? Like, it's like, it's very refined sometimes the dream symbol to a degree that that image occurs again and occurs again and again, and again, it comes up. So there's something very almost intelligent in a way Um, the way that the psyche works, that it draws upon this kind of like repository of your own associations. So by figuring out what it means to you, you will gain greater access to the literacy of, 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 of what's being communicated to you each night in, in the dreams. So let's move on to nightmares. Um, I wouldn't say that nightmares are qualitatively different from stress dreams mm-hmm. i think they're playing essentially on the same machinery yeah they might just be more extreme yeah, like in some sense. Up. they could they could be pumped up um it might also be the case that they're actually sort of different mm. in quality that maybe a nightmare really is a different process than a stress dream um it's hard to say obviously um and it's important to keep an open mind either way about what do these things actually represent because there is sort of the universal sense of what they represent to everyone like everyone has nightmares and therefore nightmares represent this to everyone there is that aspect but there's also like personal things like what nightmares are to you as an individual might not they might not fulfill the same role they do for someone else it's important to keep that in mind mm. but all this stuff we've said so far about stress dreams, I think they still apply to nightmares. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the, the, the dynamics are still the same. The processes are, are still mostly the same. Um, but it, it does feel like nightmares are different. Mm-hmm. Um, not being able to find a toilet is stressful, but it's certainly not horrifying. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, common nightmares, um, being murdered or, you know, things like drowning or... Um, coming into contact with some monster um 
like a deep fear for your life, I think, is yeah. often very common. Yeah, kind of like the feeling like I'm going to die. Mm. Like something something is about to kill me or I'm going to die, obviously, is like kind of the, the most sort of extreme um, kind of situation you could really be in, I guess, in, in life is just sort of this feeling that like death is like imminent in this moment. Um, and so... Uh, I'm trying to think of like a personal example of, I don't, I don't have, I don't really have nightmares very often. Like it's very, very rare and always has been rare, even as a child for me to have nightmares. But when I do, um, and it's the kind of thing that like sort of shakes me awake and I'm like, Oh God, like what, what the, what the fuck was that? Um, it's usually has to do with some sort of like monster figure, mm. which is, which is interesting. I don't really have the feeling of like, Oh, I'm being chased by someone with a knife. They're going to stab me to death. That's not really a thing that happens with me very often, but I, I do have the experience of a dream getting kind of strange, maybe kind of stressful. And mm -hmm. like, there's like someone in the dream that I'm interacting with and like the person I'm interacting with starts struggling with me. And then they, they're slowly just kind of morphing into like this monster figure with hmm. like huge teeth okay. and who's essentially just going to like devour me. And then like, mm -hmm. I wake up like stuff like that is like, kind of what happens or there's some sort of weird like lizardy like gremlin thing that just sort of appears in my dream and just sort of like it starts attacking me mm. but that's like what's most common for me for nightmares that actually wake me up and um when i wake up you know there's kind of this feeling of like oh god i need to like get up out of bed mm. and like kind of like wake up a bit because if yeah. i fall back asleep i'm sort of afraid i'm just gonna fall right back into the same nightmare yeah so that doesn't happen very often for me that's that's like maybe like once every six months i have something like that oh it's pretty often i think you think so once every six well, months i think it's i really don't have nightmares but i have a lot of stress dreams so uh -huh. i feel like <laughs> a lot of my inner stuff is just like bubbling up in uh, like constantly in all these mm. like smaller ways you might say mm. rather yeah. than having these like big powerful intense uh nightmares like for me when i was trying to think about my own experience i just could only think back to childhood where i had a fairly occurring nightmare of being chased by a vampire figure in like my backyard of where i used to live and that went on i think for like a couple of years and when i think about it it's like what was it that was nightmarish it wasn't just that there was this really scary figure but that when i woke up from it I had this intense emotional response and especially being a child, obviously it wasn't even just fear like that itself was really scary, but it's just throughout the whole system, high alert feeling of being extremely on edge, a lot of fear. And, and so I think that's, what's really notable about nightmares like that. They elicit that extremely strong response that there are intense images coming up in the dream, but then there is also, um, a somatic element as well that you'll you'll feel it in a really deeply embodied way of like kind of shaking with it as you wake up um and nightmares for me then when i think about it through that lens it's like i don't i don't think i'm really experiencing that kind of intensity but i i would say that i think pretty much every few weeks i'm having like a couple stress dreams that's pretty often i know I'm stressed out. <laughs> You're stressed out. Um, so what's happening with a nightmare? Um, if if a stress dream is 
the psyche engaging with some kind of tension or inner struggle or trying to defend itself from unwanted information, mm. you might say, is a nightmare just sort of the psyche like losing that battle mm, or something? Like, like there's a struggle going on. The psyche just like, it just loses or the psyche can't hold the tension, mm. right? So if, if you're going to, for instance, if, if any sort of form of integration, if you're going to integrate your shadow, for instance, mm. um, tension needs to be held. It has to be like a slow... Uh, gradual process like titration like yeah. one drop at a time of shadow because um, too much shadow at once and you're just gonna right. you're going to have the opposite effect you're yeah, gonna you're be gonna repelled you're gonna yeah. you're gonna purge you're going to um, become even more traumatized than you already were let's say uh, so if a stress stream is holding that tension and trying to like integrating some shadow in that sense mm -hmm. maybe a nightmare is that the psyche just like, cannot hold the tension yeah. and it just sort of severs the link to the yeah. shadow thing in some violent way so instead of like the tug of war of integration of yeah. like integrate, 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 you know, there might just be like, get the fuck away from me. Like, it's, mm -hmm. you know, which is often what people do when they, when they're confronted with their shadow. Yeah. Or I don't even know if the dream itself would be showing the like, get the fuck away from me part or so much as it's maybe imaging the total intense reality of facing that thing that you've been in the tug of war with. And here is it in its, complete essence and power and overwhelming nature because in some ways I think about how that nightmare material is that more condensed, more pure version of say that shadow aspect that you're facing in a very real, very visceral way in the nightmare. And how overwhelming it is, how intense it is, is being reflected in the imagery that's being chosen. So that like, it's interesting to me when you brought up your nightmare dream that you're kind of engaging with something that seems maybe almost kind of normal, relatable at first. It's like a figure, it's a person and it continues to evolve. So your tug of war, which was in some ways like the tension was being held, suddenly one side of it just like like goes super saiyan or something, right? Like it just like blows up <laughs> in power and it becomes this awesome, intense beast that you cannot fight. And I think sometimes that's what happens with unconscious material. That's what happens with shadow. That's what happens with par parts of us that we've dissociated from when we see them in in its fullness or something close to its fullness, it's, it's a monster. It's insane. It, you can't even process it. It's so overwhelming and it takes over. And then what that releases in the body also comes through in the dream. And obviously as you wake up too. Right. So inner demons, right. Mm. It's one common way of phrasing this sort of thing we're talking about is, um, a demon yeah. is, you know, something scary and horrible that's from the depths of hell, yeah. you know, and uh, we're fighting our inner demons in the sense that, like, there, there are things within us that we just don't want to confront because yeah. they're too scary. Yeah. And they're too threatening to this self-mythology, this sure. sort of narrative that mm -hmm. I have going. Um, or, you know, it's a traumatic event from the past that was just so... It was so much chaos at once. It was so much danger at once that you couldn't possibly face it. So you suppressed it instead. Um, and if that's brought up back to the surface, you know, 
the response is not just like, oh, that's interesting. Like the response is like, get it away from me, get it as far away from me as possible. Yeah. Um, so that's why nightmares are often involving some sort of what you might call a, uh, essentially a demonic figure. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a monster. Maybe it's some sort of murder or serial killer. Or yeah. Maybe it's something a little more um, strange than that, like a fiery wall coming towards you or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but the demon is not something, you know, for instance, if, if, if there's like little sort of semi shadowy things that like you can actually kind of hold tension with, like, you know, one person pulls you aside at a party and says like, you know, like you kind of have a tendency to like talk too much. You know, sometimes when you're talking to people, like you kind of just talk too much and like, they kind of feel like you're not listening to them. They get, they sort of like want to want to get out of the conversation. Like, do you realize you're doing that? Like, that's like, that could be someone like something that you could handle. Mm. Like, Oh really? Okay. Like, and that's like that shadow. It's, it's mm. out of awareness and that might make you feel kind of like bad about yourself, Yeah. but you can still handle it. Like one person just says that and you're like, oh, okay, I can handle that. Like it's a little, it's a little tiny thing. It's not, it's not like even a demon. It's just sort of this little dark thing. That, it's like a little gremlin guy. Yeah. Little, little, little like friendly gremlin, like a, <laughs> like, like a furry one, like before it, before it's, uh, before it's midnight and it's turned into like the evil demonic one. And you can kind of be like, oh, I can integrate that. Mm. Like, that's a good point. Good to know. I will try to be more mindful of listening to other people instead of talking so much. But if you can imagine like everyone at the party sat you down and were like, we're having an intervention here. And like, you talk too much. And also everything you have to say is stupid. And like, I agree with it. And I agree with it. And we all agree with it. And it's just like, everyone's just like, shame on you. Shame. You know, like that yeah. could be like a kind of confrontation with shadowy stuff in you that is so overwhelming that your response is not like okay thanks for letting me know it's just like i'm never coming here ever again i'm Mm -hmm. never talking to any of these people ever again and i don't even know if i want friends anymore because that was so painful and difficult you know so it's like being confronted with something that is so overwhelmingly threatening and so overwhelmingly like cataclysmic to your story of self Mm. um that's the kind of response it's just sort of like purge it purge it get it away don't want to look at it cannot deal with it like i'm done and so in in the dreams it's that's the equivalent of like a demon like inner demon right mm. it's like the nightmare is for some reason engaging with that thing yeah and the response is like wake up yeah. or freak the fuck out mm. or um whatever it might happen when you're having a nightmare and it can it can be kind of traumatic for sure so it's it's I think an interesting question to ask about nightmares is essentially like, are they productive, right? (laughs) Is what's happening actually like intended by the body is like, this will be a useful thing for me to do is to confront this shadowy thing. Or is it almost like a mistake? Like, Mm. which is what I kind of wonder is like, is sort of the, the dream ego, let's say sort of just like tiptoeing around the unconscious and exploring and it like opens the wrong door and it's just like there's a Whoops. demon there and it's like whoa fuck I, I didn't i didn't mean to do that right yeah because that can happen in life is like you totally. wander around and you can accidentally stumble upon something that's really shadowy and threatening and be like well that was a mistake i didn't mean to go there um and i'm wondering you know is that true about dreams as well it's like nightmares can just be sort of like psychic mistakes mm. like whoops didn't mean to go into the depths of hell right there like i oh, just fell in that's a very interesting idea yeah 
I go, mm, I, I want to be like, yes, because of course it, there's just so many realms of possibility. But as you're saying that more of like what's coming up for me is how we might engage in certain activities that open the floodgates of the unconscious. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Dream be very tiptoeing around this idea that sometimes we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like we take some drugs. It will be fun. Just have a good time. Yeah. Whoops. That seems to dissolve the veil between ego and unconscious. And mm-hmm. suddenly you're having like a really bad trip. For some people that even turns into like psychotic episodes. It's like really freaky shit yeah. that can happen. Um, even doing therapeutic work, doing some imaginal work. If you've got trauma, even doing yoga and actually feeling your body for the first time. It's like, whoops, I opened the wrong door. I didn't know it was there. We're so dissociated from these parts of ourselves, whether that's somewhere in the body or, or somewhere in the imaginal realm, that we might accidentally open that door. And what we see is completely overwhelming. So can it happen in dreams? It's like, mm, yeah, I think that's possible. But something else I want to bring in that I think is just like a really fascinating area of development in the Jungian space is the work of Donald Kalshed, who's a Jungian analyst, and he focuses a lot on trauma and through his clinical work started to see these really interesting patterns for individuals who had a lot of either early developmental trauma or bigger traumas a little bit later in life. And that what essentially happens is like our psychological defense system is constantly, is constellated. It's brought forward. And the job of that system is to protect the person from being re-traumatized. And it does so in a way that is both protective, but also persecutory. And he especially noticed that in the dreams of individuals who had quite intense trauma, and then we're trying to address it in analysis, that these images, these nightmarish figures would come forward in dreams, especially as they started to do work and make a meaningful move forward. Something like a nightmare would come forward where there's like a murderer who's trying to like shoot the person with a shotgun. This is like, and I I should have written down the actual dream itself, but in one of his books, he talks about this and this woman is trying to reconnect with these parts. And I think in the dream, she sees like a little girl and then this figure comes in and just like shoots it with a shotgun. It's like totally insane. But the idea here is that this really intense, almost violent persecutory figure is trying to prevent what is wounded inside from coming out or from healing even it's it's, pre- it's trying to prevent because its job really is to stop you from ever getting close to that thing that was too overwhelming at some point so that inner protector is trying to really hold back that original unbearable experience and the more that you do the inner work the more it tries to protect you and it will do so and like violent ways. And I think we even see that in the behavior of some people who are trying to maybe address certain things. And it's so scary. It's so overwhelming that they just kind of self-sabotage or they're, they really struggle to get past certain kind of thresholds. And, and that has to be taken into consideration that like nightmares may inadvertently be these representations of parts of ourselves that will at any cost try to prevent us from 
touching something inside of ourselves that is so deeply wounded. So the idea that you're putting forward is like the demon that appears in your dream is actually trying to keep you out of a certain mm-hmm. area of the psyche. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. your your dream might be like, you know, you might be moving along and you're like going to enter a chamber and the chamber is actually something that's like very, very traumatic. Yeah. And, and it's so, like, it's anticipating probably that you're getting too close. And in that way, it's kind of like prospective style of dreaming where it's kind of, it, the psyche seems to be tracking where you're going. And mm-hmm. even though you're not there yet, yeah. it's like, do not go any further. Okay. Interesting, interesting spin on, on what I was previously saying is mm. so, so the demon is essentially like get out yeah like, get out you, you, you can't think come this here. is bad right you're not like you're just in the first circle yeah that's interesting that is. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to think about um, yeah yeah as as the the, the figures like the mon- the beast in my dreams for instance like the thing that like it turns into the monster mm. the thing that i'm trying to sort of like tangle with like um it's, I'm holding tension with some shadow energy and yeah. it's like evolving into like some sort of beast right. to say like get away from here, like, right. turn back. Yeah, don't like, go any don't further. Go in, don't go in here. Yeah. And the dream ego is like, oh, okay, like I'll get away. Like, so. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Definitely recommend his two books that you can read if you're interested, but it just goes to show you that there's so much nuance around dreams and around trauma, especially, mm-hmm. and around these aspects of shadow that for some people, I, I think those types of manifestations are true. And his his clinical examples are really, really fascinating. Um, and it speaks to really, if we were to kind of tie back to our last episode, how important that principle of titration is when we're working with shadowy, dark, traumatic, wounded aspects of ourself. Mm. There's only so much that the system can take. It was cut off for a reason. You've got to learn to integrate that in manageable digestible ways you can't overwhelm yourself um and so the nightmare in some ways might be slowing that process down and in some cases like totally trying to put a stop to it but i think you can work with it if you're mindful enough and if you've got the right support so let's get into that real quick to close out the episode what what are some ways to work with the kind of material that comes Mm. forward in stress dreams and nightmares yeah i think first and foremost building that awareness around what's coming up in dreams through tracking them, knowing what the patterns are, what is the recurring imagery, what are the themes, finding that connection and and making meaningful, um, like dynamic connections to what it is. So it isn't just like oh, another stress dream, another stress dream. Like you've got to do some of that legwork and that can be a little frustrating in the beginning because you'll never really know if you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not going to know for sure that your interpretation is correct. No one's like, okay, thumbs up. That's right. But the more that you keep at it, the more that you notice those things continuing, uh, the more refined your understanding will get. So that as you do that, you can start to work with it in more dynamic ways. Like you notice that certain image or you notice that certain type of dream Now you can start to work with it in your journaling. You know, why don't you sit down with the dream and work through it piece by piece? Why don't you rewrite the dream? Why don't you do like an active imagination if that doesn't feel too scary or overwhelming with a certain image? You have to really understand all the dynamics and lay down that that foundation to, to meaningfully get into what's trying to be represented. So... 
all the things we've talked about on the podcast as far as ways in which you can work with dreams, they apply here. Mm-hmm. A dream journal is a good thing to keep. Um, that could take a lot of different forms, but, you know, just writing down your dreams, um, developing a catalog of imagery, like what's the recurring image, imagery in your dreams? What do they mean? Um, just for example, knives are in my dreams a lot. I've talked about this before many times, but like knives are something that appears so often in my dream that I've actually developed a kind of like understanding of like, what is this really referring to? I think knives are referring in my dream to power or to the thinking function or to the way in which I problem solve in my reality. That's what knives are. So you can, you can kind of develop that sort of fluency in your individual dream imagery. Um, and of course you can also sort of pay attention and do some research on like what universal imagery is out there mm. and, um, that can be sort of tricky because again, like just cause you saw a snake, it doesn't mean that you are, um, seeing whatever is being represented, like in the Bible, for instance, like it's important to not make too strong a connection to universal quote unquote, uh, dream imagery or stereotypical dream imagery, but mm. still important to kind of develop that sort of fluency and the active imagination stuff. Um, an important point to make here, I think is that, uh, you don't need to come to a really rational intellectual understanding of your dreams and what they mean and that it might be enough. It might be healthy and productive enough to just process the dream, even if you aren't coming to a conscious understanding of exactly what it means. Yeah. So if you just write down your dream and what happened in it yeah, and you never return to it again, you never think about it again even just that, even just the, the act of putting the pen to the paper and going through the dream, externalizing it, yeah, it actually like does something. It might process it. It might metabolize it in, in some way. And if you're doing active imagination, for instance, if you're going to take the dream imagery and you're going to walk back through it in a more conscious waking state, like you're, you're essentially dreaming while you're awake, just the act of dreaming while you're awake could actually be productive. You mm-hmm. could actually sort of process metabolize resolve some of that energy that is being brought up in the dream and you don't necessarily need to do the act of imagination to be like aha like the flying bowling ball clearly represents my marriage like you don't have to come to that conclusion sure yeah and um if you do come to those conclusions like pay attention you know divination for sure it's like if something means something to you then it means something to you Mm. and don't question it yeah um, but you don't need to, again, you don't need to come to a hyper intellectual understanding of what everything means. Yeah. Simply, it's just simply like being with it, right? Just being with it, just experiencing it. A lot of changes, well, the vast majority of changes that are happening to you are happening unconsciously. Yeah. And so just processing things the same way that you might, you know, go for a jog like going for a jog is affecting you it's it's changing your body it's metabolizing things it's good for your, it's good for your it's even good for your brain but like it's not like going for a jog is like intellectually like i understand now that like the way that my legs move equally you know it's like there's things happening unconsciously that are healthy and you don't need to come to a complete understanding of those things yeah i think in that same vein how can you artistically work with the dream images? Even if it's just like, I want to draw that really scary Mm. dude who's in my dreams and that act of externalization. That's not through words this time, but rather through art and image or, you know, maybe you like to sculpt or maybe you like to play music. 
there's ways to hold that psychic material in a waking state that just gives it a little bit of space. And even sometimes like the color choice speaks to something that needs to be expressed, you know, or, you know, what key you want to write your song in about your monster nightmare, you know, it says something. Metal music. <laughs> right. Exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, so explore what that might mean. Right. You don't have to go through this like deeply analytical process of like figuring out every aspect of the dream. And it means this. And I come to this conclusion. But, you know, what does it bring forth within you that needs to be held and tended to? And I think another viewpoint to consider is what is like a resource that can be cultivated as these stress dreams or nightmares come up, like a helper or a helpful attitude or this like helpful strategy that connects you to the dream and waking reality, but it's like sort of in balance in an oppositional way to it, right? So if there's a lot of fear in a dream around these certain images, you know, what comes up for you that represents like hope or joy or connection? And I think that there could be a lot of really interesting work to not necessarily sit in the dark and difficult, but rather to sit in a resource and have an active imagination with the resource because sometimes trying to work with the harsher, darker material is actually really overwhelming. And for some people you just cannot go there, especially alone. So you don't have to like for some people, sure. Like have fun, do that if you feel called to it. But for others consider what might make you feel strengthened, supported so that even on a more unconscious level, the next time that you enter into the dream space, there might be a, a shift that has happened. You know, maybe things are a little less scary. Maybe something about that resource actually comes through in the dream itself. So there are ways really to cultivate other aspects that strengthen and support you. So one last thought um, before we end, end the episode, um, as we've already been alluding to, um, but just to make it more explicit, um, it's important to interpret stress dreams and nightmares as not necessarily being bad things. Mm -hmm. If you are experiencing a lot of stress dreams, if you're having nightmares, it could be easy to sort of think like, what's wrong with me? Like I shouldn't be having stress dreams. I shouldn't be having nightmares. Like something is obviously very wrong with me if this is happening. And that's not always the case. Um, and that a lot of our efforts to sort of pretend that we are healthy and that nothing is wrong and that we are fully functional and like, smiling all the time like shiny happy people are just like everyone's so happy and great you know that's actually counterproductive because all of us have a lot of darkness under the surface all of us have a huge amount of shadow that we have to deal with and so as we're saying because stress dreams and nightmares could possibly be interpreted as processing that shadow or engaging with it or integrating it um, you should not be aiming to stop having these dreams altogether or wake up and say, oh, God, like, I don't want to don't want this to be happening to me. It's important to kind of um, understand that this is all a process and that to engage with our own darkness is really the only way that we move towards healing and move towards becoming whole. If you find this podcast useful, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash golden shadow org. If you'd like to keep up to date with my musings and writing, subscribe to the Golden Shadow Journal at goldenshadow.substack.com. 
If you're interested in working with myself or Alyssa, go to our websites, alyssapolitzi.com and arnrogerson.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.